fighting, hatred, fear. Had enough of the noise? Listening, I'm your host, Dr. Henry Ely, and it is a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you so much. I hope you're having a beautiful day wherever you may be. I hope you're getting some nature in you. You know, we're in that time of the year where it's so good to get out, get some kayaking in, get some beach time, get some lake time, get something in. I hope you're enjoying that with people you love very much because uh, we're in a time period, folks, where I think it's important every day for us to hug the people we love and tell them how much we love them. Well, we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, folks, I have been getting back into data analysis. I've been updating all of the recovery rates. I've been updating all of the fatality rates. I've been updating all of the times that the shots failed, meaning that a person got the shot and still got sick anyway, still got hospitalized anyway, still died sadly, anyway, you know what they're calling vaccine breakthrough, but it's really, and it's always been termed vaccine failure, failure to prevent illness, right? So we have data updates today on all of that stuff. Um, You know, I also have some interesting data for you coming out of Maryland and out of Utah that are showing some incredible things about the failure of this experimental program. I mean, it is just, it is an epic failure by any criteria of, uh, of modern medicine and of data analysis. When you actually look at the data and the data is out there, it's not as complete as it should be, but it is available. And it's important for us to hold these people, these criminals, these alleged criminals, their feet to the fire on this because they keep making outlandish statements. And what we're seeing is they're trying to remask people now. Masks have never worked. I mean, look what's happening in Japan. Three highest days of uh, cases, of new cases um, this week. And it's like virtually 100% compliance with masks. Masks don't prevent transmission. The shots don't prevent transmission. Nothing prevents transmission. You can't prevent it. That's why gain-of-function research is supposed to be outlawed. You can't open Pandora's box and unleash a bioweapon within this biosphere and expect that people aren't going to get infected, especially people who are deficient in vitamin D. Let's go back to the fundamentals. You remember the fundamentals? The fundamentals of you need to have nutrients available for your immune system to work. What have we learned? 99.9% recovery rate in people with vitamin D levels over 50 nanograms per milliliter. Only 2.7% of people who have their vitamin D levels above 50 have even needed hospitalization. We know IV vitamin C wipes this out and wipes it out faster than any known treatment. We've known this since February of 2020 in the epicenter in Wuhan by uh, Dr. Chang, we've known this. 
He got censored. He got banned. Why did he get censored on YouTube for telling this great information to the world? Just give intravenous vitamin C and you cut the hospitalization time in half. 50 out of, a, out of 50 people who were moderate to severe COVID recovered. 50 out of 50. And yet that gets suppressed. This is what I think Peter, uh, the great Dr. Peter McCullough and, and Dr. Pierre Corey and Dr. Paul Merrick and Dr. Simone Gold. Oh, great folks, right? Dr. Lee Merritt. I mean, we can just go on down the line. Dr. Brett Weinstein. And I mean, I, I can just keep reading off the people, Dr. Bage Bhattacharya and all the folks with the Great Barrington Declaration. What have we all been saying for two years? It is impossible to stop the spread of something that is new in the biosphere, whether it's man-made or whether it comes from nature through a natural evolutionary process, which this did not it doesn't matter. It's impossible. So this notion of zero COVID, this notion of stopping the spread is preposterous. Instead of stopping the spread, we need to change our thought process around this and arm our immune system. And how do we do that? We do that with nutrition. We do that with vitamin D, vitamin C, vitamin A, B-complex vitamins, all in therapeutic range. We do that with quercetin. We do that with zinc. We do that with glutathione. We do that with nourishing our microbiome with good prebiotics, things like hummus. Believe it or not, one of the best prebiotics you can take are chickpeas. And what are what's hummus made out of? Chickpeas. You know, um, making sure we're taking some probiotics with live and active bifidobacterium in them. Bifidobacterium, Dr. Sabine Hazen has shown conclusively in her research that the people who suffer the most from COVID are the ones that have no bifidobacterium. Maybe we should stop giving antibiotics to everybody like they're candy and start giving probiotics and prebiotics to everybody. I mean, let's look at this differently is what I'm saying, because the data is damning. The data shows that the masks didn't stop anything. The Data shows that the shots didn't stop anything. And when you see those two primary interventions failing for two years, it is the definition of insanity to continue to go back to them as if they did anything in the first place, as if they're going to work now. They didn't work in 2020, masks. They didn't work in 2021, masks and shots. And they are not working in 2020. 22 masks and shots. But guess what is still working? And it worked in 2020, it worked in 2021, and it worked in 20, it's working in 2022, it's worked before 2020. And that is very simple things nutrients and something that you know I've been very passionate about. I've been talking about this forever fasting, letting yourself be hungry, something that it's so heartwarming. It's so heartwarming for me to see. It's so heartwarming for me to see Dr. Paul Merrick and Dr. Pierre Corey. And I think I even uh, saw uh, Dr. Stephanie Seneff mentioning it. I know I've talked with Dr. Judy Mikovits about it a bunch and Dr. Robert Young and everybody's on board. The obvious solution here is to let yourself be hungry, get into autophagocytosis and nourish your body when you're eating. And then it doesn't matter whether it's a bioweapon. It doesn't matter. Your body's going to handle it. 
Okay. Now some people might have a longer road than others. Yeah. Long COVID is a thing, but we can help them as well. And it's still the same principles. Give the body the nutrients they need, the nutrients it needs, and then give the body times to be hungry so it can fix what's going on. We have three great courses we're about to release. I can't, I'm going to keep talking about them because they're about to come out in August. Three great courses that we're about to release, the art of cellular healing, the art of fasting, and the art of eating healthy. Three courses where you don't have to do a lot of work. You just get to listen and learn. But what you're learning are things that we have proven work. And you are going to have access to them. The entire world is going to have access to them because this is it's enough, right? Now, we're going to be talking a lot about the breakthrough data and things like that today. And I'm going to start getting into it with some the, the nonsense on the CDC's website. If you want some visuals on this, no problem. We have an article that's, uh, I think, getting published. Uh, it's already published uh, on this. I haven't written in a while. I'm starting to write again for the America Out Loud platform. Just go ahead and check out the article. It's going to be on, uh, it's going to be, I think the title of it is The Shots Don't Work! Exclamation <laughs> point. All right. And there's a funny extra story in there if you're a fan of Austin Powers uh, that you'll, you'll get the inside joke on that one, but there's a lot of data in there. We've, we've looked at every single state um, and we've assessed all the breakthrough, all the times that the shots failed to protect. And there's some great stuff. We're going to talk about it here in today's show. We're also going to, you can go and get the visuals on it and you can actually look at every single state. I've, I supplied a document that shows what every single state is publishing. And the sad truth is most states aren't publishing any data. Most states just stopped early on. Some states have stopped recently, like Massachusetts just stopped reporting. There's actually been nine states in the last couple of months that have stopped reporting any of this uh, data, which is crazy because they can tell you all the stuff about who got the shot, when they got the shot. Was it a man? Was it a woman? Were they white? Were they black? You know, do they like wearing polka dot shirts? I mean, you can cut up all that data any way you want, but to answer a very basic question, how many people got the shot and still got sick anyway? How many people got the shot, got sick and had to go to the hospital? How many people got the shot, got sick and died? And here's another thought. How much is this costing the U.S. taxpayer? Well, we have that all in the article. And I got, I got to tell you, folks, it'll flip your lid at how few states are reporting and how many confirmations of failure of this experimental program uh, we have in front of us. And the cost to the American taxpayer, I'm going to tell you this right now. I'll give you a little spoiler alert here. It is not outlandish. In fact, it is probably a very low-end accurate estimate to say that the cost of the failure of these shots, not even including the cost of the shots that we paid for and somehow we don't own, we don't get any, any royalty check you know, coming in for having fronted the money for the development of this failed program, right? While Pfizer makes, has doubled its profits in the billions, we're talking over $40 billion in one year alone, right? We don't see any of that money and Pfizer doesn't have to repay any of that back. Neither does the uh, anti-Fauci led NIAID or Moderna because they're in bed together too, right? 
We don't have any ownership stake, even though we paid for this failed program, this failed product, we have to bear the burden of when the shots don't work. And what's the cost? It's not outlandish to say it's over $100 billion in just um, over about a year and a half. The failure of this program is costing you and I, the American taxpayer, over $100 billion. And that, I can assure you, is a very, very conservative low-end estimate. I can, it's, it's more than likely, look, my team has been talking about this. It's more than likely over $250 to $500 billion. Billion dollars, not million, billion dollars. Now, if that doesn't piss you off, why gas prices are at record highs, and you know you can't go anywhere anymore, and you can't go to the store and buy anything because it costs you an arm and a leg, right? You should be. This is ridiculous what we're going through. So, before we go to break, let's talk about some of the other ridiculous stuff that we're seeing out there. Because I, I went and looked around. I hadn't looked around in a couple months. I've really been focusing on helping people who were hurt by the shots, you know, and seeing what we need to do to start undoing the genetic modification. Um, so, you know, I started looking around and, and did a full data update and said, let's just see where everything's at. And whew, my goodness, I mean, there is no justification for continuing this program. It must be shut down. I've been calling for that since January of 2021. It, it, it should have never been approved, let alone Within the first month, we had enough safety signal data to show that there were, were massive problems, right? It should have been shut down by January of 2021 at the, at, the, at the latest, right? But here we are in July of 22. And guess who's making money? Guess why it's not shut down? Because the powers that be are still making money. So we have to stop allowing the powers that be to be. That's where it comes down to. So this is one of the things on the CDC's website. They have myths and facts. They have a page on myths and facts about coronavirus and the vaccines. Myth, COVID-19 vaccines can alter my DNA. <laughs> Myth. Here's what they say is the fact. Fact, COVID-19 vaccines do not change or interact with your DNA. If they had stopped right there, it would have technically been all right. But they added this on the end. COVID-19 vaccines do not change or interact your, in, with your DNA in any way. See, and that's semantics. It's a lie. It's an illusion. Okay. Why is it a lie and illusion? Because we know from a study published by Lund University in Sweden that didn't have any financial conflicts of interest, surprise, published February 25th, 2022, we know that the mRNA shots reverse transcribe in the cell and turn into DNA. And that DNA is uploaded into the nucleus of the cell. So these shots definitively do modify DNA. Not directly, because what they're saying here is the vaccine didn't do it, your cell did it. That's really, they're, they're trying to play on semantics. Now, the vaccine didn't do it, it was the cell that did it. Okay, doesn't matter, it's still modification and you should have never used this platform. We should never co-opt normal cell function to produce a protein, a spike protein that we know injures the body anyway. 
That was a stupid thought from the beginning. If your goal was health. Now, if your goal was wiping people out, it's a brilliant bioweapon. But if your goal, if your goal is health and supporting immunity, why would you create, why would you co-op cell function to create a protein that can kill the cell? Let me say that to you again. If health and supporting the immune system were your goal, why would you create something that co-ops normal cell function to create a protein, spike protein that we know injures the cell and can kill the cell? You can't kill something and call it therapy. That's just BS marketing at that point, but that's what the CDC is supporting right here. And that's what they've been supporting. That's why nobody trusts the CDC and thank God, nobody should trust the CDC. I've been saying this for decades. So when we look at all of this folks, and we know that this Lund University study, let me read a quote from the Lund University study. They say in their abstract, our results indicate a fast uptake of the Pfizer shot into, and they didn't say Pfizer shot, they said BNT162B2, but I'm just going to say Pfizer shot. Our results indicate a fast uptake of the Pfizer shot into human liver cell line HUH 7.0, leading to changes in line one expression and distribution. We also show that the Pfizer shots, the mRNA shots, are reverse transcribed intracellularly, that means inside of the cell, into DNA in as fast as six hours upon exposure. So while CDC and the pharmaceutical companies are saying, oh, it can't alter your DNA, this study showed that it can within six hours within six hours of an exposure. Come on, right? I mean, they really do have no respect for our intellect or anything like that. I mean, it's pretty obvious, but that's ridiculous, right? The first study to ever investigate this, I'm real curious as to why Pfizer and, uh, and Moderna and NIAID and, and our government didn't investigate this during the clinical trials in 2020, right? Or maybe they did and they just don't want to tell us because they knew this all along. You know, just, you get when I'm going? Okay, folks, when we come back. We're going to do a lot of data. There's going to be some numbers. I'm going to do my best to be descriptive of what's going on for you because I know you're listening in and just keep in mind, if you want to get the actual visuals on it, just go to the article. The shots don't work. All right. We'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. All right, folks. Well, you know, this show is sponsored by the Energetic Health Institute, an amazing school for amazing people just like you. And what I want to share with you is that when we talk about freedom, we have to talk about health. They come and go hand in hand. You can't really be free while you're sick. And you can't be free while you have to go to a hospital or to a, a doctor who doesn't care about you or a doctor who's afraid of losing their license because sometimes they really do. And many, let me, let me be clear. I've, I've been hammering on the white coats for a while and, I, and a lot of them deserve it, but there's a lot of them that don't deserve it either because some of the white coats really do care, but they've just been threatened. Their licenses, their jobs, things like that. And, you know, and they're, thinking about their families. They're like, I don't like what I'm doing, but I have to do it. See, this is what happened in Nazi Germany, the build up to World War II. Same kind of thing. 
You know, you just threaten people with job loss. You threaten people with loss of livelihood, things like that. And they, and most people get pretty compliant. And that's true of sadly, a lot of the white coats, but we all do have a lot of white coats that are speaking up. You know, we have a lot of brave ones that have been speaking up from the very beginning, but we also have more and more speaking up every day. And to those white coats, I want to say, thank you so much. Do me this all a favor, burn the white coat. All right. Burn that symbol of oppression because that's what the white coat has become. Burn it. Don't use it. That's why you'll never see me in a white coat. All right. I refuse. They asked me to put on a white coat at one of the rallies I went to. And I just said, nope, not happening. I don't, I won't put on my body symbols of oppression. And that is a symbol of oppression. Well, at the Energetic Health Institute, we have symbols of freedom. And those symbols of freedom are smiles and hugs and seeing people from all backgrounds coming together because it doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're Christian, whether you're Muslim, it just doesn't matter. What matters is what's in your heart. And when you care about your family and you care about yourself, the best thing that you can do is learn how to nourish this incredible gift that you've been given, the gift of life. And that's what we do at the Energetic Health Institute. So check us out, energetichealthinstitute.org. We have great programs on, uh, on holistic nutrition, great programs on cleansing and fasting, cleansing, detoxification, fasting, all right? People are loving those courses right now. We're really excited about that program. And like I said, we have some great classes on the way for some of you who want to be do-it-yourselfers and don't necessarily want to get certified in something, but you do want to have the skill. So check us out, energetichealthinstitute.org. Make sure when you go there that you sign up for the free ebook that we have. You get my chapter, uh, chapter five, The Art of Eating Healthy out of my book, Energetic Health, Volume One. We want you to have it. We want you to start using it. Remember, you are in control of your life. You are responsible for your health. We're going to help you maximize that potential that you possess. All right, folks, we bite back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. All right, you've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the povidone iodine-based nasal spray, Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Cofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20%. By using promo code OUTLOUD. Many Americans worry about their health four times a day. That's 120 times per month. To minimize the worries, leading nutritional supplement company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost, an immune supplement that contains full effective doses of science-backed nutrients like vitamin C, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea, all in a one-a-day, pill-free, ultra-absorption ingestible gel. Supporting a strong and resilient immune system can be simple. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code AMERICA50 for 50% off any order of Immune Super Boost. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code AMERICA50 for 50% off.
Well, all right, everyone, welcome back. Welcome back. All right, let's just jump right into the data because, um, you know, I am blown away by what I have found. You know, I took a couple of months off from data analysis and just said, let me let me work on this other problem here of seeing what we can do to undo the genetic modification. And I jumped back in because I jumped back in because I was like, uh, it seems like they're trying to make an argument for, you know, trying to prep the entire country to be scared again this fall. Scared. And I, I'm like, is there, did something shift, you know? And I, I knew it hadn't, but I wanted to make sure I could give you the accurate data. And this comes directly from the CDC. This is, this is straight from the people we're supposed to trust, right? This is just data. Data doesn't lie. People do. That's, that's how it works. Now, when I, when I looked at this, I, I, I always look at this data based upon age, all right? I don't care black or white. I haven't seen anything that makes me go, oh, black people are more at risk. Than, no, that's ridiculous. All right? Who's more at risk? People who are deficient in vitamin D. That's the people. It doesn't matter whether you're black or white for that. If you have low vitamin D levels below 50 nanograms per milliliter, you are at risk. If you are over 65 and have multiple pre-existing health conditions, you are at risk, especially if those health conditions are overweight, diabetes, um, uh, hypertension, something cardiovascular, congestive heart failure, something like that, some kind of respiratory issue, Alzheimer's, some kind of kidney issue. The data has been very clear on this from really the first month of this way back in 2020. We knew all of this coming out from data that was, that was coming out of Italy um, way back in March of 2020. The CDC knew this and published on this on March 9th of 2020, saying that if you were over 65 and had multiple pre-existing health conditions, you were in the high-risk group. We've all known this. But instead of saying, we're going to just focus on that high-risk group and do everything we can to support and keep them healthy and not freak everybody else out. We're going to make everybody feel like they're in the high risk group. And we're going to make up these lies about asymptomatic transmission that it's possible. And we're going to make up this, we're going to create and just stoke fear, 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 fear. And how did they stoke that fear? Telling you cases and telling you deaths, but never telling you hospitalizations and never telling you recoveries. So when I do data analysis, what I like to do and again, if you want to see these, these numbers and things like that, just go to the, uh, what, uh, uh, let's see, I think I put this one in there. If I didn't put this one in there, it'll be in the next article, but um, it's called uh, the shots don't work, right? So I like to look at things by age, because if I look at things by age, that includes everybody. And I don't need to start looking at specific demographics, or I don't care whether you're black or white, male or female, Christian or Muslim, I don't care. All right. You know why? Because the virus, this bioweapon that Fauci and friends made over in China doesn't care either. But age can give us some information, right? Age can give some information. Now, is it important early on to look at, you know, different cultural dif demographics and gender dem demographics, you know, biologic demographics, male versus female? Yeah, it is. But when you see that it's 50-50, 50-50, and everything's pretty much even, it starts making you go, okay, well, race isn't a factor and gender isn't a factor and religion isn't a factor, but what is a factor? And that's what brought us to the understanding of vitamin D deficiency is a major factor in this, right? And we have so many studies to substantiate that. It's ridiculous peer-reviewed studies to substantiate that. It's like the magic number is 50 nanograms per milliliter. 
why we aren't testing to this day every single person, regardless of uh, you know, on vitamin D. I don't know. I test every patient uh, that I that I work with for vitamin D levels. I want to know where they're at. And I've been doing this for years. Why aren't we doing that across the board? You know, probably because it would tell the truth. You know, probably because it would show that this isn't an issue of of black versus white, or you know, or you know, gay versus straight. Right. Oh, this is a this is a this is a just simple nutrient deficiency thing. And you know, then the question becomes, well, why aren't we doing everything we can to shore up nutrient deficiencies? Well, I don't know, because the CDC has known that 65 to 95% of Americans are deficient in the, in the lowest minimal daily intake of vitamin D. And they did nothing about it. They've known this for 20, they've known this since 20, uh, since 2005. It's a, rep a report that they put together called NHANES, NHANES studies. They've known this since 2005, and it's just gotten worse and worse and worse. Right? So we have the perfect environment for a bioweapon to come in and start wiping out people because too many people were nutrient deficient. And even then, we still have hope. And I'm going to give you some hope right now. So when we look at the under 18, uh, I should say under 17 and under age range, the recovery rate in the 17 and under age range is 99.99% according to the CDC. Okay, There have been over 13 million recoveries in the 17 and under age range. The odds of dying are one in 8,346 if you're under 18. So one of the things I do is I look at recoveries and recovery rates, because if you didn't die, if you aren't hospitalized and you haven't been sick in the last five to 10 days, if you haven't been a new case in the last five to 10 days, then you, by definition, according to the CDC, have recovered. And so why is it that we didn't hear any of these recovery numbers? Because then it would make people feel relaxed. It would make people go, oh, this isn't a big deal for kids, right? And then it would make people question the necessity of an experimental gene modification shot for their kids. You know what I mean? And thankfully, a lot of parents are questioning that anyway, because they're like, why does my kid who's six months old need a shot? They don't. Why does my kid who's four years old need a COVID shot? They don't, especially if they've recovered. That's something Dr. Paul Alexander's done such a tremendous job on is showing all the studies confirming that natural immunity far exceeds, is far superior to this artificial immunity that is induced by these gene modification shots. In fact, the gene modification shots, as Tucker Carlson was pointing out, I think last night, actually get in the way, and this, he's pointing it out from a multitude of studies, actually gets in the way of the immune system being able to handle some of these newer variants. <clears throat> Go figure, right? Makes the immune system stupid. Antibody dependent enhancement, a few other things go on, but we're not, we're not going to get into there. The point here is that if kids 17 and under recover 99.9% .9 of the time. So the question I think for us is, well, at what percentage Doc, would you be concerned that, hey, maybe we do need an intervention of some magnitude? Maybe this is an emergency situation because clearly 99.99% recovery rate, you can't do better than that. There's no emergency for kids under 17 years of age, 17 or, or under. So statistically, what that's always been when, you know, in the early 2000s, before these, these statistical criteria were wiped out, it was uh, set at... Um, 97% uh, recovery. So if, if the recovery rate was lower than 97%, that would mean that the fatality rate was over 3%. So anything over a 3% fatality rate, not, not hospitalization rate, not case rate, 
Those are garbage statistics, especially when 99.9% of people recover in this age group. You care about fatality, right? Negative outcome. If negative outcome fatality is 3% or greater, yeah, you maybe have an emergency in that demographic. Okay. So 99.99% recovery rate means that we have a fatality rate of 0.01%. That's <laughs> far from 3%. Okay. We have 13 million, 13.8 million recoveries in this age range, according to the CDC. Right? This is not an emergency here. There's no justification for authorizing the shot. 18 to 49 age range, we have 41 million confirmed recoveries, according to the CDC. The recovery rate is 99.86%. The odds of dying, one in 720. 99.86% recovery rate. That means the fatality rate is 0.14%. That is a far cry from 3%. What does that tell us? That tells us that not only have 41 million Americans in this category have robust, durable, natural immunity, but it also tells us that there's no potential benefit from getting the shots. These people, 18 to 49, should not be authorized for any experimental intervention. There is no statistical necessity for it. So what do we see? If you're under 49 or younger, there's no need to get the shot. And if there's no need to get the shot, then what's our best thing that we could do? Help prepare people for an inevitable encounter with the bioweapon. It is inevitable. Masks don't work. They don't stop nothing. Isolating at home stops nothing. It only induces mental health issues and, and leads to suicide and depression and things of that nature. Shots don't stop nothing. I'm going to prove that after in the next segment. 99.86% recovery rate, 18 to 49 age range. There's no justification for authorizing a shot. It's not needed, especially in, it is in an experimental form. It's especially not needed because we don't know the long-term ramifications of the shot. You won't know until, according to the NIH, 2027, when all the clinical trials are done. That's right. All of these all these shots are still in clinical trial, and the last clinical trial is slated to end in 2027. It's five years from now. In the 50 to 64 age range, 14 million recoveries, 14.3 million recoveries, according to the CDC. Recovery rate, 98.92%. It's almost 99%. So that's still far above the 97% minimum threshold, right? This is saying that in this case, 1.08% of cases resulted in death in the 50 to 64 age range. This is not an age range where the shots, experimental shots are needed. So if you're 64 or younger, there is no statistical justification according to the CDC for getting the shot or being or the shot being authorized for your age group. There is none. You don't get into statistical significance until age 65 to 74. 
The recovery rate is 96.4%. In age 75 to 84, the recovery rate is 91.66%. And in age 85 and older, it's still 82.7%. So that's technically below the 97% recovery rate threshold, right? So you can make an argument that maybe we need to have some kind of intervention there. Maybe it's an emergency in those age groups until you bring in another factor. And that other factor is what is normal life expectancy? Well, normal life expectancy is 75 to 77 years of age. So that means if you're at or beyond normal life expectancy, it's not an emergency because anything really could do you in in those ages, right? Our super seniors are recovering still at 82.7% and 91.66%. You know, 75 and older, still recovering really well, given that that's normal life expectancy. And especially when you factor in this other little caveat. The CDC is very open that 95% of all deaths, 95% of all deaths across all age ranges had on average 4.0 comorbidities, 4.0 pre-existing conditions that diminished the immune response, diminished the, the capacity for health and set a person up to be very susceptible for a severe infection. So what does this data tell us? If you're 65 or older, yeah, intervention is in, in, in some type of preventative is, is warranted. But why does it have to be experimental? Vitamin D has never killed anybody. Vitamin C has never killed anybody. We have no reports anywhere in the world of vitamin C or vitamin D killing anyone. So why don't we start there? Because what's really safe and effective? Something that's used every single day and has been used every single day forever, billions of times every single day and nobody died, or an experimental thing, an experimental shot that modifies a person's DNA. You tell me what makes more sense, right? If we stop thinking about money and start thinking about morals, if we get moved from money to morals, what makes more sense? Over 78 million Americans have recovered from the bioweapon infection versus 872,000 deaths. This is according to the CDC. And the recovery rate overall, even including the age 75 and older population, age 65 and older, 65 to 74 population, the recovery rate for Americans is 98.91%. Now, doesn't that sound like good news? Shouldn't that be what's being told? Ever? Hey, don't worry about this. If this was really like, hey, we didn't know this was coming. This was nature. Nature, you know, unleashed something on us. Wouldn't you want to give people good, reassuring news? Well, this is the good news. But see, that's not what it was. This, they wanted to develop a $5 trillion industry, $5 trillion over two years. And how do you develop a $5 trillion industry? You do it with fear. And how do you stoke fear? By lying. By lying with data. I'm going to tell you the cases. I'm going to tell you the number of deaths, and I'm never going to tell you how many people recovered. I'm going to tell you the cases and never tell you what small percentage needed hospitalization. And make sure people stay quiet. I'm going to make sure that I threaten the people that want to speak out, like Dr. Simone Gold, like Dr. Pierre Corey, like Dr. Peter McCullough. I'm going to threaten them 
And I'm going to incentivize the people who don't want to get out of line to go along with this and say, you can make more money than you've ever made. Cleveland Clinic made more money than they've ever made in 2020 and 2021. If you just go along with the lie, we're going to line your pockets with blood money. And that's what's been going on. It's what makes it criminal, a criminal enterprise, a racketeering enterprise, because they erected a structure for Medicare, Medicaid fraud to do this, to defraud the American people out of money, because we're the ones that, foots the, that foot the bill for the $5 trillion enterprise. $5 trillion. $5 trillion in two years for something with a recovery rate of 98.91% if you believe the fraudulent statistics of deaths that the CDC did. $5 trillion for something with a 99.99% recovery rate under 18 years of age, under 17 years of age. Um, I should say 17 and under, I, I keep flubbing that one. Something with a 99.86% recovery rate in the 18 to 49 age range, and something with a 98.92% recovery rate in the 50 to 64 age range. They created with those ridiculously great numbers, numbers we should be doing cartwheels over because this is a bioweapon and our bodies are handling it. They created a $5 trillion industry. And they admitted fraud, something I want to remind everybody of. They admitted fraud on March 15, 2022, when they reduced the death count by 72,277 deaths. That's 72,277 admissions of fraud right there. Right there. Folks, this is data from the CDC from January 21st, 2020 through July 13th, 2022. You can't make this stuff up. There is no justification for these shots under 65 years of age. And I have very real concerns about their safety for the age 65 and older. I think it's much more prudent for us to use vitamin D and vitamin C in those ages because they have a much safer and much more efficacious profile for people with COVID. Hmm, interesting, isn't it? So folks, we'll be right back with more uh, breakthrough data. We'll get into the breakthrough data in the last segment. And uh, remember, check out the article, uh, The Shots Don't Work. All right, folks, we'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. Okay, everyone, we have some people in need, right? We have some people in need like Dr. Simone Gold, right? <laughs> I can't believe that she's going to have to serve time. I still can't believe that she's going to have to serve time for something that's not a crime, while what I'm telling you about with the grand jury petition is a definitive crime, or at least I got to say allegation of, of criminal activity, criminal fraud and criminal mis willful misconduct, right? But she had a, a megaphone on a Capitol floor that we pay for, a building we own, right? And she has to do six months or 60 days, excuse me, 60 days. You want to tell me that that's justice, please. She needs help. So I'm going to encourage you to check out the Genesis Fogger. You can go to the links on the America Out Loud 
platform, just click on any of the links that uh, the brother Malcolm has put up there, uh, who does a great job with the, the site. Just go ahead and check them out. Uh, great uh, safety profile, completely non-toxic, wipes out everything. You, you know, great thing to consider donating to a classroom or to a school so that they can use it. And instead of masking kids, you know, just a thought, um, but check it out. Genesis Fogger. I think you'll really, really like it. I know I do. We'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. All right, welcome back in the last segment. We're going to go through breakthrough data pretty quickly. Um, again, go and read the article, The Shots Don't Work, right on the America Out Loud platform, uh, authored by yours truly, and you can get all this information straight away. So um, as of June, two things I, wanna, I want you to know. As of June, um, we see that there are over... Uh, 11.8 million confirmed breakthrough cases. Let's reiterate, what does breakthrough mean? Breakthrough is a marketing term. We always called vaccine breakthrough, what they're calling vaccine breakthrough for COVID now, we always called it vaccine failure before COVID. And what was the failure? Failure to prevent infection, failure to prevent hospitalization, failure to prevent death, okay? So, that's done by the CDC and what are called surveillance reports or what are supposed to be done by the CDC and every state health department and what are called surveillance reports. But most states don't do it. And the CDC doesn't do it at all either. CDC actually stopped reporting on what they termed vaccine breakthrough, which is really vaccine failure uh, in October of 2021. So the CDC hasn't done anything on it since then. Instead, they created this ridiculous garbage um, a calculation called vaccine efficacy, and they don't even give you the data behind the vaccine efficacy so you can validate their calculations. It's just a garbage statistic. Why? Because they knew the shots weren't working. So if the shots aren't working, what do you do? You stop reporting on it altogether and you create it something else. You lie using statistics in another way. Now, interestingly enough, and I started reporting on this in November of 21, in November of 21, there were 1.4 million um, breakthrough cases confirmed uh, by the CDC. And that was with only 26 state health departments reporting in. Well, since February, that number has gone down from 26 health departments reporting 
to 17 health departments reporting. All right. <laughs> Ridiculous. Like this is an important question. How many people got the shot and still got sick anyway? Right. We should know that as that's going to tell us whether the shot is working or not. Right. Well, we know it's not working, so we're just going to stop reporting on it. And that's what the states, nine states stopped doing. They just said, we're not going to report on this anymore. It's ridiculous. It's, un it's unacceptable, right? All, every single state should be reporting on this. If you can cut up, you know, um, how, how many people got the shot on which day and what was their color and are they a man or a woman and do they like ice cream and, and pet and little poodles? You know, if you can cut that data up in every single way, you should be able to answer this question. How many people got the shot and still got sick? It's a reasonable question. How many people got the shot and still got sick? Well, according to data from the 17 states that are reporting in, uh, 1.8 million as of, uh, excuse me, 11.8 million as of June. So just under 12 million. Okay. So if there are states like Texas and Florida and Colorado and now Massachusetts that aren't reporting this statistic anymore. So in those instances and with the populations in those states, we know that this number should be very much higher, right? Um, probably on a magnitude of, of maybe even, it's probably double this number if, at the very least. And there's a bunch of other factors that go into it as well. See, the CDC set up criteria for what constitutes vaccine breakthrough. First of all, you have to be deemed fully vaccinated. So if a person got only one out of the two shots, they're considered unvaccinated. If a person um, got both shots, but it hadn't been 14 days and then they got six, sick, well, that person's considered unvaccinated. If uh, a person got both shots and it's been at least 14 days since their last shot, then the PCR cycle threshold had to be at 28 to eliminate false positives. So they want to encourage false positives for people who are deemed unvaccinated, and they want to eliminate false positives for people who are um, considered fully vaccinated, right? And here's the last one that was a, a hoot. You have to be symptomatic. They will not assess vaccine breakthrough if a person is deemed asymptomatic, right? It's ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. And even with all of those things, that the CDC put into place to try to drive this down, all the ridiculous rules. And even with uh, most states not reporting on this statistic, we still have almost 12 million confirmations by each state health department that is participating. We have almost 12 million confirmations of failure, right? Remember when they said, if you get the shot, you won't get sick? Yeah, well, that ain't true anymore. And it's so not true that even they're admitting it and saying that I saw an interview with Fauci saying, well, this shot doesn't guarantee that you won't get sick. Well, shouldn't it? Especially if you're trying to mandate it, right? That's the whole point of getting the shot so that you don't get sick. Oh no, it's just to make sure that if you do get sick or when you do get sick, it, will, it won't be as severe. How about you use vitamin D or vitamin C or that? Oh, there's no evidence on that. There's over a hundred studies on it. What do you mean there's no evidence? Oh, what you're really saying is you're putting money over morals. And that's what allows you to lie with a straight face. When we look at the hospitalization data, because remember they said you won't, the people who get the shot aren't being hospitalized, right? Well, as of June 22, there have been 276,000 confirmations of people who got the shots, got sick, and still had to be hospitalized. And here's the thing about that. There's a cost to the American taxpayer for that.
And that cost is a range, depends on the state, depends on the severity, depends on how long a person's in the hospital, right? But on average, it comes out to roughly about $150,000 per person, right? So we're in the billions of dollars here, right? This is now roughly at about $40 billion that we can confirm here. The American taxpayer is paying $40 billion for people who got the shot, got sick, had to be hospitalized because the shots didn't work. And that's after we paid for the shots to be made and somehow don't own anything. Go figure that out. Now, why is that number $40 billion low in terms of estimate? Because only 16 states are reporting in on break, vaccine breakthrough hospitalizations. And that's down from 25 states that were reporting in in February of 22. See, they don't want you to know this data. They don't want you to know this data because this data shows that the shots don't work and you're paying through the nose for it. You and I are paying through the nose for these shots that don't work. And then they said, well, you definitely won't die, right? Well, wait a minute. In Veras, there have been over 30,000 deaths or just under, I should say, 30,000 deaths of people who died after getting the shots. 30,000. Now, previously in our history, we shut programs down for 56 deaths. 56, we're at 30,000. And just about 8,000 of those deaths happened within 48 hours, within two days. Because I, I love going after people who say correlation doesn't equal causation. Really? So you tell me how somebody was alive Tuesday, got the shot and was dead by Thursday, 8,000 times if there's no causation there, right? So we look at the breakthrough data, the vaccine breakthrough uh, data for deaths. And what is that again? Vaccine breakthrough. People got the shot, got sick with COVID and died. That's what that is. That's not a vaccine injury in this case. That's not a COVID shot injury. That is a person got the shots, was deemed fully vaccinated, right? There is no category for partially vaccinated, was deemed fully vaccinated and got sick with COVID and died. Well, in November, it was 16,000. We already knew there were 16,000 of these confirmed deaths. By June, it has risen to 59,414. 59,000 times the shots failed to save a life. And that's with only 16 states reporting in. And again, Texas isn't one of them. Colorado isn't one of them. Florida isn't one of them. New York isn't one of them. New York reports on um, hospitalizations and, and, uh, and cases, but not on deaths. So is that number way higher? Yes, it is. So what I'm suggesting to you, everyone, is that these shots don't work, but they do cost us a lot of money. We went and looked at Maryland, and I want to point out two states that are actually doing a good job on this because they showed us some data that, that I was shocked that they even let out. When you go to Maryland, uh, and we look at cases by vaccination status, 68.7% of cases in May were from the fully vaccinated. So this is show showing that these shots aren't working. Maryland, when you go to hospitalizations by vaccination status, 
in May, 71%, 71% of hospitalizations were in people who were deemed fully vaccinated. More people are getting sick. More people are going to the hospital who got all the shots. Why? Because the shots don't work. They don't prevent infection. They don't prevent hospitalization. They don't prevent death. So you have to ask yourself, what's the point of them, right? You go to Utah, which is doing a, a good job as well. Utah, what did they show? More people got, more people who were fully vaccinated and or boosted. And this is data for data, not, uh, all the way back to December 21st, 2021. More people um, who have been fully vaccinated and or boosted have gotten sick than people who haven't, than the unvaccinated. And when you go to hospitalizations, the same thing is true. More people who've gotten the shots and boosted have had to be hospitalized for a COVID illness than people who haven't gotten the shots. And again, this is all the way back to December of 2021. So this is, this is about six months, seven months of data at this point. All right. This isn't just one month. Now, these are the only two states really showing this data. So you think it's dramatically different in every other state, please. This is what's going on everywhere. How do we know? We've seen this in Gibraltar. We've seen this in Israel. We've seen this in Spain. We've seen this in Iceland. You know, we've seen this every and in the United Kingdom. We've seen this everywhere around the world. This phenomenon: the people who are deemed fully vaccinated and/or boosted are getting sick, are needing hospitalization, and are dying. And they're either dying from the a, an infection because the shots failed to protect them or they're dying from the complications due to the shot, the genetic modification. And this is why you see athletes just dropping down on the field, not from the infection, but because they're having a complication due to the shot, what they're calling sudden adult death syndrome. It's not sudden adult death syndrome. It's supposed to be sudden arrhythmic death syndrome, meaning that you had a heart attack and you had a heart attack in an age where we don't see heart attacks. Well, well I wonder what that could be. I wonder what could be the cause of that. Could it be the genetic modification? Could it be that the body is producing spike protein incessantly? Could it be that the spike protein is killing cells and killing tissue, which shuts down organ systems and leading to death? Could that be? Yeah, that could be. So uh, I'm Dr. Henry Ely for Energetic Health Radio and the Energetic Health Institute. We will bring Dr. Carrie Madej and see if we can get Dr. Simone Gold on in the next few weeks. And I will start talking about what we've learned about the uh, injuries and talk a little bit about fasting and base excision repair and some cool stuff over the next few weeks because uh, we have we have some hope that we want to bring into the world. But until that time, wish you a beautiful, beautiful rest of your day wherever you may be. All right, peace, everybody. We'll see you next time.